Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Are you excited tonight about the things of God? Hallelujah. You know, last week, talked to you about the coming year. And uh, the things that God has, has said about this coming year and what's going to be happening in this year and, and w- what a year it means for us. You know, and it's just, it's just always so interesting to me that, that God's he orchestrates things in such a way that it just flows smoothly. It's not something, we didn't go over this, this prophecy that came out, you know, last week, you know, and it was just something like, oh. Well, you know, that's kind of a concept that we haven't heard before. No, it had already been, the groundwork had already been laid in our services for what this prophecy had to say. You know, that we would experience greater, that more would come into into our hands, that we would be blessed, that there was was so many, I mean, you know, I'm not going to take time to go back and read all of what it said, you know, last week, like, you know, we read the entire thing. But, you know, it just, it just, the next year, the year of greater is to be greater for you, greater in your finances, greater in the anointing in your life, greater in the peace, greater in the joy, greater in health, greater in provision. Next year is to be a year of the greater. The greater. Don't lose sight of what God has said. And so I found myself, you know, this week, Uh, thinking, you know, I'm not done with what I had to say last week. You know, so let's just go back and and we're just going to kind of go over a couple things and we're going to move on into another specific area that I wanted to get to. You know, and we talked about the fact that, you know, this is a wonderful prophecy. The things that God has spoken to us in all the services the last few weeks, you know, have just just melded the whole thing, just kind of comes together, complements one another. And, and that's wonderful, except for the fact that you have to put yourself in a position to believe it, to receive it, and to step into it. Somebody once said this, don't ask God to guide your steps if you aren't willing to move your feet. So, you know, it's one thing to believe it and even receive it. But if you're not willing to step into it, we will not experience it as individuals, as a church body. We won't experience anything. So we have to be willing to step into it. So last week we talked about how you can step into this greater that the year 2015 holds for us. And so we talked about the fact that you will never step into anything unless you set some goals. And so we talked last week about setting some natural and some spiritual goals. You know, if you don't have something that you're looking to attain, you won't ever go after anything. You'll just sit here and just kind of look, that was good. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, greater. Yeah, greater. That's good. And at the end of the year, you'll look back and nothing has changed. So you, in order to move into it, you have to set some goals. And goals have steps. You know, we talked about the fact that the word must have a high value to you. We talked about the fact that, it, that it's demonstrated by how we act on it. Uh, you have to understand that it's the very core of what sustains me in this life. And um, one of the biggest things we can do, and, you know, it can't be said too often. People say, you know, you know, we talked about this and talked about this and talked about this and talked. You know, it takes a lot of repetition for anything to be, to be learned and to be, and to be learned so well that you don't even have to think about it anymore. How many times when you were growing up, you know, I think it wasn't it, 
Wasn't it third grade, at least it was for me, I think it was third grade, <clears throat> that we got into multiplication tables. And it was strictly a matter of memorization. Two times two is four, two times six is 12, two times, you know, you had to memorize all these things. And it became, it, you just had to memorize it. You had to memorize it, you had to memorize it, you had to memorize it, you had to go over it and 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 over it. But you know what? One day, you suddenly realized you didn't have to think about it anymore. Eight times eight, 64. I mean, hello, did we have to think about that? No, it's because we had heard it and we had been repeated so many times. We had said it so many times. You know, we had written it so many times that now it just, it's just part of us. You know, and that's what, that's what saying something about the Holy Spirit has got to become to us. We have to hear it and say it so often that we totally understand that the most important thing we can do is to get more and more and more acquainted every single day with the leading of the Spirit in our lives. It is, you take the Word, the foundation is, our, is the Word, and then you take the leading of the Spirit, and you can judge whatever leading you seem to be getting by, is that in the Word? Does it line up with the Word? If it doesn't line up with the Word, it's not God. Is that not simple? There is no separate Word for the Word you got. I've seen it happen over the years where somebody was, was uh, being led a certain way, and you go to them and you said, yep, yeah, that doesn't line up with the Word. Yeah, but that's what God told me. No, 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 no. Uh -uh. God didn't tell you any such thing. Because God would never tell you something that did not already line up with something he'd already said. And yet people will get deceived into believing something that the enemy has brought into their lives. Something the enemy has convinced them of. And somehow it's, it's well, it doesn't really, that's okay. You know, it, I know what God told me. It doesn't line up with the word. Yeah, but I know what God told me. I've heard it. You, I mean, you think, that's stupid. Why would anybody say such a thing? People have said it. I have personally heard it over things that absolutely go cross-grain to what the Word says. No, but that's what God told me to do. God could not possibly have told you to do that. And yet they're convinced. And they move out, step out into something that God never said, and then later come back going, well, why, why didn't that work? Hello. You know, I'm not a rocket scientist, but it doesn't take me too much to add two and two together. I don't even have to do the multiplication tables to figure that out. You know, so the, the, word, the Spirit has got to be something that we become more and more familiar with. And, you know, that's got to be our ultimate goal this year, is to become more and more acquainted with the leading of the Spirit and to accurately, more accurately follow what He tells us. You know, there's... You, you know, you've heard me say so many times, so many instances, you know, where, you know, I blew it. You know, I, you know, I got, I, I got told something and I didn't do it and this is the result of it. You know, you, you believe this is where God was leading you and you did it and you see the results. Of it. You know, sometimes it's just trial and error. You know, babies get up and they take a step and they fall down. And they get up and they take a couple of steps and they fall down. You know, you'll never learn without doing and nobody is going to be able to accurately follow the Spirit without having some failures. <laughs> you know, and so you just recognize, okay, now that was not God. So if I, that comes up again, I'll know that's not God to start with. You know, get up and keep moving. Just keep moving. 
Don't let a failure wreck your whole existence. Just say, okay, I learned from that. Let's go on. And the more you do that, the more accurately you will begin to follow. You'll be able to recognize the leading of the Holy Spirit and be able to follow it more closely than ever. And honestly, that has got to be something that has got to be of utmost importance to us this year. It really does. There are things, there are people's lives, there are things in our own life, there's the moving of the Spirit and services. There's, it affects every part of our lives. Every part. You know, I like to, I like to, to look at the Holy Spirit as, as the God's ultimate buddy system. I mean, we're never alone. We're never with that. What is a buddy system for? It's for protection more than anything else, isn't it? So that you've, and you always have somebody with you. You know, it is, it is the ultimate buddy system. I mean, the, one, the greater one lives and abides on the inside of me. I don't ever have to feel alone. I don't ever have to feel like I'm the only one who has to figure this out. My helper is here. My comforter is here. My advocate is here. My standby is here. My intercessor, he's right here. So I don't have to worry about whether I can figure it out or not because the one who can help me figure it out is right here. It is the ultimate buddy system. You know, and, and there are times when I have to look at him as my personal trainer. Yeah, there's a lot of things he's going to talk to me about this year, and I have to be willing to do them. What's the point of having a personal trainer if you're not going to do what he says? Amen. Waste of his time and your time. So look at him as, as number one part of my buddy system. And number two, he's my personal trainer. He is here to help me get in shape in every area of my life. There are all of us who can get more in shape than what we are spiritually speaking. And he's here to help us do just that. Glory to God. We talked last week about some spiritual goals that we could attain to, an increased knowledge of the word, a stronger prayer life, being more conscious of the things that we say, being at church more. And I said that's not just a physical presence, but an actual mental engaging while you're here in a service, expecting more when you come. Determining to be a bigger blessing to your church and your church family. Being a witness. We talked about the each one reach one. That if we all went out this year and just brought one person, just one person to the Lord. And then hopefully you would bring them to the place that feeds you if they don't already have a church home. It's amazing. People do have a church home, but they're not, but they're not born again. Now, if that's where God wants them, if that's where they feel comfortable, you know, don't, don't encourage them to leave their church, but, but keep, hand them the word, hand them the word, hand them the word. You know, be a blessing, of, uh, an instrument of blessing in their lives to, to help promote the word. They look to the word always. But anyway, we talked about Smith Wigglesworth, that he had a goal of, of making sure he got one person born again every single day. Now, that's a pretty good goal. I don't think any of us have gotten to that place yet. We'd be, I'm asking you for one a year. But what's God asking you? I'll start with one a year, but what's the Holy Spirit saying? For some of you, he might be saying 
this week. I'm going to send you to somebody. I'm going to send somebody across your path who's ripe for the picking. And you need to be ready. That means you need to be ready with the word. Be instant in season and out. It needs to be, means you need to be ready to be bold if it takes boldness. It means being ready to, to, to put aside all the busyness that we find ourselves in constantly and just stop and be ready and be willing and then just do what God leads us into a position to do. Um, we talked about, spiritually speaking, being a bigger giver. Not just, not just into the ministry, but into people. Just into people. You know, I, I was thinking about this the other day, and, and I didn't even write this down, but the Lord just brought this back to me. You know, when you're looking to be a blessing to someone, always have your spiritual antenna up. You know, it could be, you know, that somebody you, you run across in the grocery store, oh, just, just pay, for, pay for that. You know, somebody at the coffee shop. I'm not a coffee drinker, but some of you all people are. Yeah. And so maybe you're at the coffee shop getting a coffee. Maybe just, just buy somebody's coffee. But let me tell you this. This is just, I'll, I'll, I'll say that, that this is my personal opinion, and, and maybe it's, you take it for what it's worth, but I believe I can, I can back it up, at least, you know, my, back my opinion up with the word. You know, when you're looking to bless somebody, Start with your own church family. You know, when the Bible says a man who won't take care of his own house is worse than an infidel. You know, we sometimes, you know, we we put ourselves on alert, you know, looking around, you know, when God's been talking to us about being a blessing to a, a person, and we start looking around, you know, everywhere except right here. Uh huh. Look around you. Look around you and see what God's got to say when you come here or when he brings somebody across your mind. You know, when God brings somebody to your heart, it's not just so you can go, oh, aren't they sweet? No, they're just such nice people. You know, you ought to stop and just take, okay, Lord, you know, have you got something to say? Have you got something that, you know, you want me to do that involves this person? Do I need to pray for them? Do I need to do something for them? Do I need to call them up, just encourage them? Do I need to bless them in some way? You know, start there. You know, I love Sister Ruth Dunn. I mean, she, she's been gone for years, and yet she, she's just such a godly example to me still that she would take the church directory, and she would, she would pray over it. She would take that thing, and she would just go down, just go down the, the, the rows of, of people's names and, and just, would just call their name in prayers. And, and she said she would let the Holy Spirit just stop her at, at certain names. And, okay, and she'd spend some time praying for them. And more often, you know, than I can count, she would come and she'd say, Miss Angela, was, is there something going on at the, at the so-and-so's house? Because the Lord had me praying for him, and I said, sometimes I'd say, well, I don't know. And sometimes I'd say, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that was God. Yeah, you're, you're right on. So when it comes to being a blessing to other people, start right here. Start right here. Amen. Um, one of the other spiritual goals we, we, could, we could come to is being ready to be used, just to participate in what God is doing. You know, and sometimes our active participation in a service does not look like you might think. 
Sometimes it's being in a place where, okay, something's beginning to, to happen. The Spirit of God is moving. You know, if you're not doing anything else, you could at least start praying. Yeah. During every invitation, I'm praying. When the Spirit of God starts moving, I start praying. There's active participation right there. It doesn't mean run. It doesn't mean jump. It doesn't mean shout. All those things are valid. But you can actively participate in any service just by being aware of the spiritual atmosphere, what's going on, what God is doing, what God's trying to accomplish in a service, and pray it out. You can pray under your breath. You don't have to pray out loud. But you just pray it. Just, 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 just pray softly. You know, and just, and just see the plan of God for that service be fulfilled, and you were a part of it. Nobody in here is to be a spectator in any service. In any service. We're all supposed to participate in every single service. Amen. You know, and I, I really, I, I, got, I got in the office, and I was on Monday, and I was, I was going through that stuff for tonight, and, and I really, I came back, the Lord just brought this up to my mind. One of the spiritual goals we need to set for ourselves includes our family, our natural family. You know, our goal this year could be that our family could be brothers, could be sisters, aunts, uncles, could be children, could be spouses, that they come to know God more completely. More fully. Some of us, you know, have relatives who don't know God at all. But that could be one of our spiritual goals is that God moves in that person's life so that they find themselves in a place to accept him as their Lord and Savior. You know, our, our spiritual goals where our family con- is concerned, you know, it could be to help our children develop a real relationship with the Lord as early as possible in their lives. You know, it was not hard for me to send a 17-year-old off to a large college in a town two hours away because I knew he had come to know the Lord at a very early age. And I knew he had pursued that relationship on his own over the years. And so when I sent him off to his place there, I would have no contact with him except for when he would come home or when I would be on the phone with him. You know, I didn't, I didn't, concern myself with whether he's going to make it or not because I knew he had a real relationship with the Lord. You know, oftentimes, you know, people bring their children to church, you know, their entire lives and they get grown and they go out and they get into their own home or they they leave home and they never turn and look back to see what they've left behind. They just, you know, go the way of the world. You know, we want to see that our children develop a real heart relationship with the Father. That they know him as intimately as I do. You know, and and when they're at home, to create an atmosphere in the home that is God-centered. God-centered. Bringing them to church on Wednesdays and Sundays does not mean my home is God-centered. People should come to church because their home is God-centered. Not come to church and expect the church to center their home. 
Amen? That starts there. You could spend a lot of time on that, but I won't get to all my other things if I do that, so I'll have to move on. Uh, one of your other spiritual goals might be to start attending prayer on Monday nights. If we're going to move into greater as a church body, it stands to reason that the church body ought to gather in prayer, especially since Monday night prayer is all about the church and about the vision of this church and how we can, we can do and accomplish more of that vision in this area and in the lives of the people we come in contact with. You know, that doesn't mean you have to commit to every week. I mean, I know there are things that come up, but you know what? There are times when we find ourselves with the time and the availability and we could come, we're just not used to coming. So even though you may not be able to come but once every six weeks, come that one time. Come. You'd be surprised what God will what God'll do. Just in your heart. The more you come, the more likely it is you want to come. You know, sometimes it's just, it's just a matter of retraining ourselves, you know, and, and just to get started doing something, you know, you, you begin to see some results. And so when you see the results, then you want to do it more. And, and, then, you, and then you see, oh, I got more results. And, and the more I do it, the more I get. And the more I get, the more I do. And, you know, it's, I, I appreciate something Travis Williams put up on, on his Facebook this week. He was, he's, he's gotten um, a goal of running a half marathon this year. And he put up this thing, and he said that, that just a couple of weeks ago, he was only able to run about two-tenths of a mile. And after only a week and a half, he was up to one and a half miles. And I'm going, hallelujah, maybe I should get some of that. <laughs> but I'm just telling you, when you get started, sometimes it, 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 it's all you can do to make yourself keep going. You know, but once you get started and you start seeing some results, then it's easier to keep going. It's easier to keep going, easier to keep going. The more results you see, the easier it is to keep going. And go with me to Hebrews, 12th chapter. And I know Pastor made reference to these verses on Sunday night. And I thought, well, great. We'll just, re- we'll just touch on them again on Wednesday night. It's all right. Chapter 12, verse 1. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that does so easily beset us. You know, in order to get ready to run, there are some things you have to do to prepare. And here... What the preparation that Paul's talking about was laying aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. But, you know, what, what are the things that, that weigh us down? These are the things we have to deal with. Attitudes. Big one. Attitudes are probably, you know, one of those things that um, we don't like to deal with because they're very personal they are uh, best known to just us. Sometimes you can see attitude on people. My kids used to get, get in trouble when I, when I saw attitude. And uh, I used to tell them, you can, you can think all you want, but I better not see it. 
I can't, I can't make you think what you ought to think, but if I see it on your face, I see it out of your mouth, trouble is here. Trouble. I didn't put up with attitude. You know, really, God doesn't put up with attitude either. But he can't force us to change those attitudes. Only we can do that. What kind of attitudes are we talking about? Well, strife. Envy. Sometimes people look around in the church and they see somebody else is blessed and they're not as blessed as that person is and they just get a little attitude. Well, I'm here to tell you, you're in the, you're in the same line with the same God that they've got. Is there something they might be doing a little differently than you? Well, if there is, then you change it. If they're doing nothing any differently than you, then get rid of your envy and just say, mine's coming. But sometimes attitude is what keeps people from receiving the blessings that God intends for them to have. How about forgiveness? Got somebody that you got a problem with? Inside the church, outside the church, doesn't matter. I heard, I heard somebody say one time, how do you know if you've got a problem with somebody? This is how you know. And I thought, this is great. And, I, and I've used this more times than one on myself. If when that person's name is mentioned, you just kind of on the inside go, <laughs> if that happens, you got a problem with that person. If anything other than, oh, aren't they wonderful, you know, or just or at least a neutral attitude, you know, comes up out of your heart, then you got a problem. I mean, can you think of somebody right now you've got a problem with, and, you, and as soon as, <laughs> if somebody were to say their name, you're just on the inside, you'd kind of go, it's like, Ugh. yeah. Well, you've got to get a hold of that and do something. That's one of those weights that so easily besets us. Got to get rid of some of that stuff. How about some rebellion? Hmm. God told me to do something, and I ain't doing it. My pastor told me I need to do something. I ain't doing it. My boss at work tells me I need to do something. I am not doing it. A little bit of rebellion. Those are some weights and some sins that so easily beset us. Those are the things that have to be gotten rid of in order for you to be able to run the race. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when it's fellowship time around here, Christmas fellowship, spring fellowship, fall fellowship, ladies' fellowship, men's fellowships, so I know there are people who sit there and go, I ain't going. I ain't going. Mm-mm. Nah. Nah. They can be told over and over and over again that fellowship is important. I don't care. I'm not going. What's that called? Rebellion? Mm-hmm. Listen. If you've been around here very long, you know that, that, that the local church is a body of believers who've been called together for a specific purpose. Fellowship is a time that you've been called together for a specific purpose. Many lasting friendships are formed in fellowship times. Many bonds are forged in fellowship times. 
You find out during a fellowship time that somebody who sits across the church from you is a wonderful person to get to know. But you'll never find that out if you don't get to know them. And if you don't go to the fellowships, you won't get to know them. Okay. All right. So I better just keep on going or I won't get through. Um, there, there's, just, there's just so many things you can say about the preparation time to get ready. Some of us want to run without, I mean, want to go try to run a marathon. You haven't run around the block. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, we think that we're big people of faith and power, and I'm going to believe God for $10,000 this year. And you can't believe God for the $5 to get you to McDonald's tonight. You know, you got to start somewhere. You got to get prepared. You know, everything we do is preparing us for something greater. And see, God wants us to move into the greater this year. Not, and forget the lesser. Let go of the lesser. Let go of what, what looked good to us last year. Let go of some of those things and move because he's got greater force. He doesn't want to diminish you by saying let go of some things. He wants to increase you. He's always looking to increase his children in everything. You know, sometimes, you know, I, I remember, you know, years ago, and, and I sang on the platform for, I don't know, 10, 15 years, and pastor kept saying, you need to get off the praise and worship team. No, I don't want to. You need to get off the praise and worship. A little rebellion there. Um, you, you, know, you got other things to do. You got other things. I need you, I need you in other places, more, and they're more important. And, and I go, no, I don't want to do that. Da, 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 da. You know, and I just kept thinking there was, you know, there's something wrong with me if, if, I, if I did that. But you know what? I've come to find out that, that God wanted to move me into something else all along. You know, God just wants to move you into something better. Where you were, where you are is good, but there's better. Let him move you. Let, let him move you on from where you were to where he wants to take you. The race, you know, wants to, he wants to move you on down. He wants, to, he wants to pull you up. You know, God wants you to kind of get in with the pace. Get in with the pace, not lagging behind. You know, um, I've lagged behind for too many years, you know, and it's time to catch up. Some of you are lagging behind. It's time for you to catch up. It's time for you to let go of some of those things that you thought were so important and move on to something that, that you will definitely be blessed in. Definitely. But, you know, having said all that, you know, we've got some goals we, we're going to set, natural goals. You know, we talked about the fact that God wants you to be blessed naturally. There's nothing wrong, nothing wrong, you know, with having some natural things you want to see accomplished this year. It could be paying off some debts. It, it, you know, it could be just having, a, you know, any, a better house or a, another car. It could be a lot of things. There's nothing wrong with those things. I got some things, you know, that, that, I, I, that I would, I'd like to see, you know, this, this year. And, you know, and I'm just going to pray about it and just see, you know, I'm going I'm to write them down. You know, we talked about writing some of your goals down. You know, and, and as you see them begin to come to pass, you know, it will encourage you to keep moving forward. Whether they're spiritual goals, whether they're natural goals, 
Write them down. It's important that you write them down and rehearse them, repeat them, go over them, remind yourself of them. You know, and, and continually thank God that these things are taking place in your life. This year is a year of greater for you, and you're going to see greater. When the, when the end of this year comes, you're going to look back, and you're going to see. The, you're, going to have, you're going to have a list of the things that you and the Holy Ghost put down on paper, and you're going to see the places where you've checked these things off. Some of them will never be completely checked off because as soon as you get to the place where, you, you know, I, I'm more spiritually aware of things now than I ever was before, that's one that you have to, you'll keep on on your list. You know, that's one that will never go away on your list because there's always more and better and greater things to move in because he wants to take us from glory to glory. We're being changed daily, you know, from one thing to He wants us to go from the place of this is good, but this is better, and this is better, and this is better, this is better. And when you look back, you just go, how much better can it get, Lord? Oh, better. There's always better. In the things of God, there's always better. But you know, once you've set those goals, there are two things you need to keep in mind. Number one, I cannot be defeated. And number two, I will not quit. Go with me to Numbers, the 13th chapter. Hallelujah. Verse 30. Yeah, they sent the spies into the land. They all came back, and 10 of them said, Oh, oh this, is, this is more than we can do, more than we can handle. And yet Joshua and Caleb were the only two who said, Oh, we can do this, guys. In verse 30, they said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. Well able. Two men under an old covenant said, we are well able to overcome it. How they be able to say that? Because they had the same God that you and I have. And under an old covenant, they knew they were well able. Go with me to Ephesians 3.16. When you're tempted, when it looks like, when it looks like you're going under... You have to go back to the Paul, some of these Pauline prayers and pray this over yourself. Chapter 3, verse 16, that he, he grants unto me according to the riches of his glory that I am strengthened with might by his spirit in my inner man. Philippians 1, 6. Being confident of this very thing, that he who has began a good work in me. you got to personalize this. You can't read this the way Paul read it. He was talking to you and me, and you and me have to read this as he's talking to me. God is talking to me. Being confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in me will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. How about Philippians 2.13? For it is God that works in me both to will and to do of his good pleasure. How about Philippians 
I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. How about Romans 8.37? So you need yourself a list. You know, to, to, to give in to defeat is giving in to outward circumstances. How about uh, Romans 8, 30, nay, in all these things, in all these things. Are some of these things? No, in all things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. How about 1 Corinthians 15, 57? But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. How about 2 Corinthians 2.14? Now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ. You know, greater is he that's in me. Greater is he who's with me. Greater is he who puts me over in all things. I've been made more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ. No plague shall come nigh my dwelling. No harm shall befall me. I'm moving on in Christ. I mean, you have, to, you have to get to the place where you have to understand that you are not defeated. You are not defeated. And listen, to give in to anything, to settle for less than the best, to settle for less than the goal that you have put down on paper, to compromise that in any way is to accept a measure of defeat. Settling. Settling. I, I, I love something Pastor Greg, you know, uh, an illustration he used a while back, and I thought, man, is that me up and down. So you set yourself a goal of losing 20 pounds, and you're doing great, and you've lost 10, and suddenly all the clothes that you had don't fit. Anyway, they're really, really loose, and so you go out and you buy a couple of things, and you're so impressed with yourself that you settle for 10 pounds instead of the 20 that you wanted. What happened to your goal? Defeated? Defeated. Mm -mm. Just because things are turning around, just because things are looking good, just because you're making some strides, don't stop until you've reached the goal that you set completely. That's 100%. That's not 50%. It's not 75%. It's not 95%. Don't settle for anything less than 100% of your God-inspired goal that you set. Don't settle. You know, in Philippians 4, Paul listed all the things that he had encountered. And he said, yeah, I've learned to be content. The Message Bible, and I know it's a paraphrase, it says, I can make it through anything in the one who makes me who I am. I can make it through anything. 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 You know, just remember that you are the one that God put everything into. The devil's trying to convince you that you don't have what it takes, but you do have. All of heaven will back you up. All of heaven. 
You've got a great crowd, cloud of witnesses that surround you going, cheering you on every single day. Go for it. Go for it. You can do it. You can do it. You can do it. You can do it. There's lots of, lots of people who want to see you succeed. The devil is not one of them. He wants to see you settle for something less than the best God has for you. Don't, don't, don't do that. Yeah, but I've been standing for such a long time. Keep standing. Keep standing. Keep standing. Keep standing. My dad had a, um, a song that he, he loved. In fact, we sang, had him sing it at his funeral, and it was called Until Then. You know, and I think you can, you know, now the, the song basically was Until I Get to Heaven, but the, the chorus part of that song, and there's part of it that applies in any situation that, we, that, that we're facing. When it, we're, we're in a time of just standing, the way that song went was, Until then, my heart will go on singing. Until then, with joy, I'll carry on. See, that's what makes standing easy. With joy, I'll carry on. You know, if you have to find yourself, your joy level is kind of low, you're not going to be able to stand very long. I don't know how many times I've told people, you know, when you know, they're, they're just you know, discouraged, and I say, your joy level is really low. What does it take to get it back up? Is there a particular song that you can sing, particular scriptures that the Lord leads you to? Whatever it takes, you get your joy level back where it belongs. Get it back. See, the joy comes when knowing that I'm not finished until this is finished. I'm not going to be the one who lays it down. The devil's going to have to give up, not me. See, that's the other part of it. I will not quit. You know, sometimes we, we let ourselves be, be uh, convinced that I, I can't do it. Well, yes, you can do it. The, on the other hand, some people just give up. They just throw up their hands and go, that's it. I, I can't do it. That's it. That's it. That's it. No, no. Takes too long. It's too hard. <sighs> can't do it. You know, there's a lot of starters, but very few finishers. And yet, in Timothy, 2 Timothy 4, 4, verse 7, turn over there. 2 Timothy. This is what Paul prayed, or he said, and, and this, this has to be what we have to say. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. I'm not looking at a bunch of quitters here. None of you are quitters. Don't prove me wrong. Don't try to prove me wrong. I know better. I know what's on the inside of you. I know what God has put there. I know the resources that you have on the inside of you to draw from. You're not quitters. Don't let the enemy tell you that you're a quitter. Sometimes, he, you know, if we just, we just, you know, get to the place where we have quit about something, then the enemy will come back and he'll get on our, on our case and go, see there, see there. See there, I told you you wouldn't finish. See, I told you you'd give up. I told you, I told you, I told you. Don't listen to him. Listen to what God has to say about you. And in Galatians 6, 9 says, don't grow weary in well-doing. 
in due time, you will reap if you don't faint. If you don't give up, you're going to reap. You're going to see what you're believing God for. It'll all come to pass if you don't give up. Don't let go of what, what you know belongs to you. Keep on going. You know, the more time you spend with the Father, the more time you spend praying in the Spirit, the more time you spend building yourself up, the less tolerance for defeat you will have and the less likely you will be to quit. And so, you know, keep a check on yourself. Just keep, keep a check. Like Pastor Greg said a couple weeks ago, you know, every morning you get up and go look in the mirror to see what your hair looks like. So every day get, get your little spiritual mirror out and see what, see what your spiritual state looks like today. Something needs to be combed, up, combed down, comb it down. Needs to be put back in place, put it back in place. Little attitude adjustment needs to be taken place. Adjust some attitude. Little joy is waning, add some. When things seem to be dry, push on. Push on. Push on. Don't stop. Don't give in. Don't give up. You know, the days are short. And our heart needs to be for people. Winning people to the Lord bringing them to a place they can, they can be fed. For us, our testimony is the most valuable commodity we have to show them because we're supposed to be a display of God's goodness, of his provision, of his protection, of his blessings, of just his life in us. And so set your goals this year. We need to step up like never before. Like never before. And it's going to be something we're going to have fun doing. That's, it's not drudgery. It's not a chore. And it's not hard. It's not hard. Didn't Jesus say, take my burden? My burden is easy. My yoke is light. You know, what he brings to the table alleviates all the things that we bring. Because when we bring just ourselves and our natural abilities, you know, it won't, it won't produce much. But I tell you what, in him... There is no stopping us. So just want you to be mindful. Set your goals. Take the steps that you need to meet those goals and make a determination right up front. I will not be defeated and I will not quit till I see all of my goals completely met. Amen. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.